0: Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer in Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production,
1: compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation.
0: We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we're looking at
1: 16 years of DC animated movies to see which stories are sweet And which ones
0: are sour on... Yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the
1: year Bill Clinton won the presidency of the United States in one of I didn't know this. One of the least attended elections since like 1924. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> um, I don't really know what that says about his win. I...
0: <laughs> you know what? I mean. Look, we. I guess we'll just have to accept it because I think at one point we counted Bill Clinton as our first Black president for a little bit. <laughs> we definitely had to. We yeah. definitely had to. And the bare minimum was he played the saxophone.
1: I don't understand that. Kids these days don't know
0: how good they had it. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Mm-mm. Oh, man. Uh, But we're talking about the presidency because we're talking about, well this crazy kooky story of when lex Luthor became president of the united states in our film superman and batman public enemies at a runtime of 67 minutes this film was released in 2009 with again warner premiere out at bat sam Liu is in the directorial seat this is actually his second dc animated film of all time like he's done all this stuff before like the new 52 stuff but like this was the second one do you know what was his first one (laughs) what's Uh, Sub-Zero. No. Batman versus Dracula. <laughs> oh, I see no relation between <laughs> the two films. None whatsoever. The main plot of the film is that what happens when the worst man becomes president, leading to our heroes to be seen as villains, when a moment of impending doom faces the Earth. Um, a story that was later adapted in the 2016 and 2020 chapters of the United States of America.
1: yeah they followed a little close to the source material for my comfort um i wish they could have taken a little artistic liberty but you know know,
0: i was thinking the same thing
1: (laughs) this is really scary yeah i was like what year is this this is 2016 this movie
0: is set in 2016. oh man but yeah so our cast is bringing forward this um early adaptation of the story of america we got um Well, first, I'm going to get this person's name out the way because there's a trigger warning to um, this person and what they did. Um, First, we have our list, Allison Mack, who voices Power Girl. And now for the full better list, we have um, Tim Daly, who's voicing Superman, reprising his role from the uh, animated television series. Kevin Conroy is back again, voicing Batman. Clancy Brown is voicing Lex Luthor. Um... Troy from Community may not like this, but I feel that Andrew and I we both love that LeVar Burton is voicing Black Lightning. Oh my God! What a what a choice! What a choice! This is this was so like unnecessarily good. Um, we also got before going to be in Avatars one, two, three, four. Is there a fifth one also? The James Cameron story?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think James Cameron is going to make this a full syntology <laughs>
0: uh well before she goes on to play a character there we have uh cch um pounder who is voicing amanda waller something that she's a character she's voiced in several animated productions and that rounds up our cast list we have a couple more um big names in there also we do have john c mcginley uh, who's one of my favorite actors from scrubs as we have Doctor Cox is voicing Metallo in a very short but very impactful role of our film, oh, but yes. yeah, love. Uh, it's wild. This whole story is just scary wild, honestly. <laughs> but now it's time. It's now time to get into Superman, Batman, Public Enemies.
1: As we hinted before, the movie opens in 2016, where there is massive foreclosure, economic downturn, people looting. <laughs> I mean, like I. The first few minutes of this movie, I'm like, "You're not even doing
0: a fictional story right now. You're you're just it's not <laughs> like they even had like the the shanty towns, like yeah. The, this is the extent of my social studies knowledge right now. I remember this, the Hoovervilles back in like the 19 was well, 19 during the Great Depression. So it's great that you brought 1924.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, I love it. It all comes full circle. Oh Lord. <laughs> and right away, we're questioning the the rating of this movie because as they're mentioning Luthor running for president, a newscaster jokes like, yeah, I'd like that as much as I'd like a poker up my ass. And I'm like, what are we waiting? Where are we now? Uh, what, what year is this?
0: Uh, definitely 2009. And I think this is a PG film. Um, I think this is a PG film y'all. So that's why they had to blurt out the the curse words, not because it was television within television.
1: Yeah, really pushing that PG rating. Mm-hmm. So uh, just like, again, just like 2016, Lex Luthor wins the presidency and he recruits a few heroes to stand by his side. Those include Adam, Black Lightning, Katana, Power Girl, and more. He's got super powered friends, except for the big blue Boy Scout.
0: Mm hmm. Who we immediately see as he is um, taking part in a high speed chase, or rather, there he just stops a high speed chase because there's nothing really fast than Superman. Clearly, at this point in our film, <laughs> as he is, he picks up a car and makes sure that it doesn't fly, it doesn't crash into any of the other cars that is like barreling towards. At this moment, as Superman is low, um, has the car in his hand with the driver who is ready to. Um, you know, not go to jail by any means necessary. This is where he's confronted by Captain Adam, Major Force, and Power Girl, who are all telling him that he needs to apologize for the tweets that he sent. I mean, um, the <laughs> things that he said about Lex Luthor in the past.
1: Yeah, and I love during the scene, at one point the gunman threatens to turn the gun on himself, and Superman, extremely casually, no rush at all, <laughs> The, gets rid of the gun with some laser vision and goes like, okay, you can continue the conversation now. Sorry about that little whatever that was. Superman is such a G in this movie. But um, again, it also gets scary because at one one point Power Girl to make her argument for why Superman should join them, she goes, Lex Luthor made things boring again. I did not exaggerate that line. That yeah, is the man. line from the movie and we need to talk to the writers because they knew some stuff. All right. They knew Um, are time travelers. I'm 90 percent sure of it. The the point they're all trying to make these heroes that have sided with Luthor is that bad guys can do good and they, they can do good with Luthor if they just side with him and Superman refuses. And it turns out this is a pretty bad time to refuse because something is threatening the earth that isn't doomsday
0: for once. (laughs) <laughs> um, but it is traveling in a very similar means compared to what we've seen in similar adaptations of Doomsday's Arrival as a giant uh, meteor is heading towards the Earth. It is a meteor of pure kryptonite. Um, for fans of the movie Meteor Man, this is where I'm guessing you will kind of get a little bit <laughs> of a sense of what we're envisioning here. Um, but this is a giant ass meteor that in the comics is actually described as the size of Brazil. Um, And at this point, Luthor, along with his team, is monitoring the situation. Amanda Waller's by his side, telling him that uh, we need to figure out a plan. And Lex decides that the best plan that we must have is to send a bunch of missiles towards it to destroy the meteor. And I can't help but think about Don't Look Up.
1: Oh, yeah. Don't Look Up fully (laughs) stole the plot from this movie. It's the same movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, he has this missile plan and Superman and Batman are observing things and Batman immediately. I'm like how I love how Batman's like, screw NASA. Like, I got my own (laughs) plan. Don't even worry about it. I'm working on something. Uh, Let Luthor do whatever he wants. But at the same time, Luthor does reach out publicly to Superman, to the world, saying Superman, we need to meet up. Let's discuss. So the president and the big blue Boy Scout meet in the shadiest absolute part of town, uh, which should have tipped
0: everybody off that something oh, yeah. was not right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the Lex tries to act like he's on the up and up trying to be like, you know, I'm just trying to compromise because even though I have faith in my plan, my team doesn't. So I'm just trying to do this for the sake of my team. And it's just like, has Lex ever done anything for the sake of anybody else? <laughs> But at this moment, this is when Superman is feeling a little bit weak as he's moving closer to Lex. And this is when Lex reveals that one of his bodyguards is actually one of Superman's greatest villains, Metallo, a person who, um, upon dying, unfortunately gets turned into a science experiment, turns into an android like being that has a full kryptonite heart that does affect Superman. And this leads into an all out brawl between Superman and Metallo with uh, Lex Luthor being pulled away because Superman had to push him in order to fight Metallo.
1: Yeah. And I I've seen Metallo in different forms and versions. This by far is the best Mm -hmm. fighter version of Metallo I've ever seen. We get chainsaws walking through fire. There is nothing that is going to stop this man. At one point, he throws Superman into a graveyard as a preview of what he can expect if he keeps up this fight. And I do love that Superman pulls out headstones and uses them as projectiles because somebody is going to come back in two days to see the grandma's headstone (laughs) and be really,
0: really upset about what happened here. (laughs) Oh, man, that caretaker fee is going to (laughs) go Oh, man. But luckily for Superman, um, Batman happens to jump into the fight um, because he decides to help out his boy. You know, it's getting to the point where Superman, it does look like he's losing. And again, to speak about Metallo's just abilities, this is you're right. This is like the best I've ever seen Metallo at because I think the only time I've seen him even better was. Um, the Superman Returns game that I actually used to play <laughs> back in the day. Uh, I played that game religiously. I will not, I kid you not. But anyway, um, Metallo, upon getting hurt by Batman, Batman throws one of his battery batteries that chips a piece of his kryptonite heart, and he takes the shard of kryptonite, turns his hand into a gun, and shoots Superman point blank in the chest with this quote-unquote uh, kryptonite bullet.
1: Look... If you're making a kryptonite blippy out of nowhere <laughs> in front of Batman and shooting somebody in front of Batman and he can't do anything, I, I'm all in. I'm all in with it, whatever villain th- plan you got. And uh, Batalo follows this up by throwing them into a shallow grave and burying them. Luckily, Batman gets out with <laughs> by the only way he could see out is by blowing up The ground with a little bit of plastic explosives, Mm -hmm. sending them into the sewers, and using Superman to shield from the worst part of the blast. And Metallo is like, "Damn it!" (laughs) But (laughs) before he can reflect, he's he's met with by a mystery man, and we cut immediately back into the
0: sewers. Yeah, and at this point, um, Superman still has the kryptonite in his chest. He goes over to Batman, who is um, semi-unconscious. He's able to revive him really quickly. And they have this great banter between the two of them that I really enjoyed hearing in this film because upon saving Batman, Batman quickly replies, wasn't I the one that's supposed to be saving you? And the two of them start their journey as they start heading to the Batcave. They're talking about old villains that they faced off against like Magpie and, you know, Superman's wondering what happened to all the good villains and Batman's questioning what the hell is a good villain. Ah, such
1: a such a great line.
0: (sighs) It is such a great (laughs) line. (laughs) And then they finally make their way to the Batcave where they're greeted by Alfred. Oh, uh, you mean Alfred Shoddy? Alfred and <laughs> Shoddy ready to
1: blast them because uh, he couldn't tell it was Superman and Batman from 10 feet away, apparently. But <laughs> how can you not tell the most jacked individuals in this film? <laughs> Right. I was like, you can't see that it's clearly him. Uh, I do want to take a quick second to point out that um, another thing I really like about the sequence is how banged up both of them are. Is usually, you know, one or the other is banged up, not both, but they're both so banged up. And in order to access the back cave and get to Alfred, they have to take away this electric fence. And Superman rips it, gets electrocuted. And the animation here is so good. Uh, it's consistently good throughout the movie, but this particular oh, yeah. scene of him getting electrocuted, falling, saying, you know, I'm, you know, I'm strong, I'm strong enough for this. I, I just love this little moment in the middle of this whole crazy plot that's already going that they do this and make him feel a little bit more human.
0: Mm -hmm. And I love that. That's like a really great part that you added on because that's pulled right from the comic. And it's something that I thought was again, tying it into their conversations, their banter with one another is really what to me made this movie because of the fact they feel, I feel like they've really bounced off of one another. And it's not just because of Superman and Batman, But also because it's like it's two individuals who have very similar backstories when it comes to their own upbringings, and not just the Martha moment. We're talking (laughs) about like um, being orphans, being like the saviors of their city, and then most importantly, we also have like the voice actors who have been teamed up with each other for for a while now. Like they have been side by side, joking and pairing off of one another for quite some time in their animated series. So that relationship i think it's just like really formed out really well in this film here
1: yeah and it, it just continues uh throughout every like almost every line i want to call out the of their exchange because they they just have such good chemistry and another great demonstration of this is um, after they get into the Batcave, cave they're kind of settled in they find out that luthor used amazing editing techniques to make it look like superman pushed him and then attacked metallo for no reason and they also have metallo's smoking body so now superman is framed for the murder of metallo and at one point he turns to batman and says like you were my witness the whole time you could verify and batman just gives him a look and superman goes oh
0: Yeah, that's not gonna work. (laughs) I love that. I love. (laughs) All right, so glad we know we can never call Batman on as a character witness.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's that's not gonna work well for you. And I do have to point out again, everybody in this movie is a straight up gangster. But Luthor, the bounty on Superman's head to bring him in one billion dollars. We're about to hunt Superman. You got some (laughs) kryptonite? Because come on, now a billion dollars just to bring him
0: in. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yo, facts. Yeah, I'm sorry. Look, I will do it. I will help break down Superman for that amount of money. (laughs) So now we've gotten to the point where basically our heroes are, you know, being targeted. So Batman and Superman decide, now knowing of the incoming meteor and also to check in on what happened truly to Metallo, they head over to Star Labs. And they come across Metallo's um, remains? Scraps? Scrap metal? Scraps? scraps. Yeah, let's call yeah. them scraps. Let's scrum scraps. Okay. So yeah, we come across Metallo's scraps. And upon checking it out, this is where they see that, like, well, it looks like Metallo was hit by, like, a high level of heat, very synonymous to a heat vision blast. But then Batman pulls out his um, Geiger counter and realizes that there's a lot of radioactivity emanating out of... Um, metallos remains so this is where they're realizing that like nah this this can't be it this is they have the they have the proof here because superman's heat vision is not radioactive in any way shape or form which does make me question what the hell are they now uh safe
1: (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know i wouldn't get in the way of them but uh, apparently they're safe
0: (laughs) i'm not taking my chances (laughs) yeah no so they decide now to continue on in their investigation as they head on out as they're immediately attacked by Silver Banshee. And um, I don't really know what to call this grouping, but I'm calling them the Ice Brigade.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was I would, I went cold crew. Oh, I like
0: cold crew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I, it was Icicle, uh, Killer Frost, mm-hmm. Dr. Freeze and uh,
0: Captain Cold. Captain Cold. Yeah,
1: yeah. I and again I the animation here is just unfair cuz when Silver <laughs> Banshee attacks Superman his face ripples mm-hmm. with the sound waves come on where I have never seen that <laughs> I've literally <laughs> never seen that and it's amazing so he in order to stop her he takes her up to the upper uh atmosphere until she runs out of oxygen and then he comes back with a quick laser assist to take out the entire cold crew
0: in one shot. And uh, that's it. They're done, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, because literally everybody and their mom starts popping through as we have, um, you know, a villain who actually doesn't get as much um, animation time, I realize. Mongol comes through along with Solomon Grundy. And Mongol, I swear, this dude is like, he actually might actually be our most jacked character of this entire film, even though everybody's already jacked their linings.
1: Oh yeah, he's he's going for it. I there's still one more candidate later,
0: but we'll uh okay, we'll get to him. him. (laughs) So um Mongol takes down or takes takes on Superman as Solomon Grundy is fighting against Batman. And this is a crazy scene here because it is Solomon Grundy is basically drowning Batman in a nearby fountain. Meanwhile, Batman is like picking up little by little that something's different about Solomon Grundy but we don't have much time to talk about that because we're seeing the overall like explosive fist fight between Mongol and Superman right now. And I loved it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And at one point
1: they started to read my mind because I was like, what is Mongol going to do with money? And Superman literally asked (laughs) Mongol, why do you want earth currency? What is that about? (laughs) And as he, Narrowly beats Mongol uh, and Batman plays dead until he can get advantage on Solomon Grundy. That his knees are the strongest in the world because somehow he's able to knock Solomon <laughs> Grundy over with his knees. It's at that point they realize with Shiva coming with Nightshade coming at them, someone is pulling the strings, and they look up. And it's Gorilla Grodd. Come on. That is a good plot
0: twist. That is. That is. I was not expecting it. And I love the fact that they were timing it in with like the way how everyone's speech patterns differed based off of their previous fights with them. That was a good way to just like figure that out. And our, you know, our world's finest team here, after Superman gets caught by Nightshade, Batman uses his grapple gun to wrap it around Gorilla Gras neck. I want to say, okay, cool. He went, for so, the, he went for the head. He went for the head. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, as he went for the head and brings Gorilla Gras, he's pulling at this rope to bring Gorilla Gras down. Superman's just like, pull at it. So he does, and Superman grabs the rope, and that's where the Gorilla Gras fell like 70
1: stories. <laughs> King Kong has something on this guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man. So now this is just basically our fight here is coming to is close until we have Lex's heroes, which is again, the team of, um, Captain Atom, Major Force, um, Katana, I believe is also on that team, um, Black Lightning and Starfire. Um, they all come down to, and they're, it may, they seem as if they're going to help, but this is when, they revealed that they're actually here to bring Superman into custody. Whether or not it was for the bounty, I don't know. But like I'm I'm 90% sure it was.
1: Oh yeah, they they gotta make some extra money. Mm-hmm. Um power girl. Let's quickly address the power girl window in the room. Um <laughs> window. <laughs> yeah, they the power girl uses her traditional outfit. It is a uh, very chest focused. Mm-hmm. Um and uh One of the cases where they didn't need to be this authentic because in every scene, it seems like she's framed to uh, show off her assets. uh, And it comes back later in the climax. Believe it or not, Um, we are aware. Just want to let you know, we are aware of it. It's it's a it's a lot. It's it's a little too much, Um, but uh, that's that's where the movie wanted to go. Um, But besides Power Girl's design, She is still questioning her loyalty to Lex. She doesn't believe Superman had it in him to take out Metallo. So she really is questioning going back and forth on what what Superman is capable of. And even through all this, there's still a battle to be fought. So Black Lightning, I give him I love that he got a chance to show off his skills. He held his own. He was not disrespected in this fight. Mm -hmm. Thank God. (laughs) but eventually superman needs to call it he needs to call it a day
0: yeah so um so superman again decides it's time to call this fight so he creates a massive tornado blinding everyone bringing some people up and as they fall down that they realize that power girl is missing along with superman and batman so we hop on over to um over onto the daily planet where um Power Girl and Superman are having a pretty frank conversation about what's really going on like why does she join up with Luthor um you know and in a really great scene even Batman appears they asked her full um just straight up like when you're in the room of Luthor how does he make you feel to which she replies he makes my skin crawl and they respond with, make sure to always trust your instincts. And it's just like that. I love that because even, in, even though like Lex has been doing right technically by everybody so far in this film, like he hasn't done anything on paper. Like It seems like he could be incriminating himself or incriminating others. There's still that sense of just like, you know, something is wrong. And I love that they decide to keep that line. That's actually something that pops up in the comic of just like trust your instincts over the fact that Lex isn't as good as you may think he is. He may have like helped the economy. He may have like raised the um, the employment rate. He may have like gotten people out of these like shantytown Hooverville stuff. He may have like taken down crime and all that. But at the end of the day, something else is happening. And this is what Superman, Batman are trying to point out this entire time that um, even though he is in a position of power and a position that people would say is, the, is like one of the greatest goods of power, there's still some shady shit happening in the White House. Um, and that is a lesson that we learned here um, in 2016, uh, United States. I mean, <laughs> 2009's Superman, Batman, public enemies.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, this uh, fictional story. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, just like real life, convincing one person isn't enough because the rest of the superpower crew comes in. And although Batman is able to get force to confess uh, to being the one who actually took out Metallo, the battle still rages on. And Power Girl, uh, really motivated to do good, hits force so hard that it punches a hole through his body and sends out all this energy spiking everywhere so black lightning contains him and adam absorbs him which kills force it seems like
0: yeah because we're left with after i have to make this joke i'm sorry but after uh, power girl hits him with some major force (laughs) uh, (laughs) we're just left with the rags of his costume which is really weird um but Captain Adam says that, like, you know, he's major forces from his energy. So he's able to absorb that uh, very weird Adam and Eve kind of stereo there. And I'm thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, they they it does end up killing major force. So there's a casualty um, already amongst the heroes when it comes to this mini civil war that we're actually going through right now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, meanwhile, while the while Major Force falls, we also see that the missiles also fail, um, as the as the missiles head on over to the kryptonite meteor, where they unfortunately detonate due to the radioactivity of the kryptonite itself. So they never even touch the surface of the meteor, leaving Lex distraught in his own um, in his own space, and Amanda Waller deciding to go check up on him where she makes a shocking discovery
1: yeah this guy is juicing <laughs> Lex is on some kind of crazy kryptonite cocktail and he is jacked jacked and stacked and ready to go uh, and uh, yeah he's he's competing for the most jacked he didn't get it he didn't get it cause he, he didn't get it? it nope there's one more there's a there is another there is okay. another <laughs> Uh, that is coming along the way. Uh, So now that the the plan to blow up the meteor has failed, Superman and Batman want to get inside Lex's headquarters to get more information so they can execute their own plan. And they are confronted by Captain Marvel and Hawkman, a weird combination that really works here. Mm -hmm. Um, Two highlights right off the bat. With Hawkman and Batman fighting, Hawkman comes down with that mace so hard. He could have done nothing but killed Batman if that would have connected. A hundred percent would have killed him. There is no question about that. That would have broken the bat. And (laughs) two, Batman uses a bat missile against Shazam. Does he
0: have that all the time in his little wrist gauntlet? A little missile? You know what? I don't question what Batman <laughs> has anymore. Cause honestly, people are like, it's the two, it's the belt. Like that belt is working better than the um than Barney's like bag or even like Hermione's bag in um in Harry Potter. Like this bag does not make any sense. How does it fit all these things? Where does this equipment go? No clue. <laughs> yeah. But uh we do see a crazy battle too, not only between Batman and Hawkman, but Superman and Captain Marvel as the two of them are battling out a battle very synonymous to, as it is actually referenced, um, a battle that happened during the television series in which two of them have fought before. So Captain Marvel is just really, and just to clear things up, um, Captain Marvel, we are referring to the now named Shazam character. Uh, The Captain Marvel name is just due to the fact of the legal issue with the Marvel Captain Marvel Um, character as well so we are just for the sake of this film because of it he is referred to as captain marvel in the film we are going with that name um so captain marvel and superman are battling it out and they're losing uh superman and batman are just losing so batman calls out for the castling which is a chess move actually in which the king and the rook exchange places which is what they do as they decide to switch fighters,
1: yeah, and this provides some another one of my favorite little sequences where Superman tries to use his oxygen deprived move against Hawkman, and Hawkman's like, before I black out, the hell are you talking about? Whips out his own infinity gauntlet, <laughs> hits Superman straight in the face and keeps the fight going. Come on, that is. Just incredible. The best Hawkman I've seen in a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> until I don't know, until we guess we see Aldous Hodges on we'll, we'll have to wait. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Highly anticipated Black Adam. <laughs> so now that uh Superman is just like falling to the earth, this is when Batman also was able to take out Shazam pretty quickly. So he goes to check in on him. Uh but he sees a kid in his place and he's like asking him like hey man are, are you are you okay like, and this is when he says just say something say anything so the kid we know is billy batson sh- sh- shazam and brings forward the lightning knocking out batman as we see that hawkman and captain marvel are standing over the bodies of batman and superman signifying their possible defeat here
1: And going right after this is the best joke in the movie where Lex is sweating from all his kryptonite cocktails, but he says to the American people, don't worry, everything's fine. Immediately cuts to everybody looting. Oh, my (laughs) God. This is incredible. This is incredible. I love like the reassurance does nothing. Everyone sees right through him. And it they had good reason because as soon as Amanda Waller pull, comes in, Lex Luthor pulls a Matt Lauer, locks the door, and tries to make some moves on Amanda Waller because he decided, you know what, I'm gonna let this meteor hit actually. And <laughs> I'm <was laughs> sorry, the the Matt Lauer s- got me. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the secret button, he's bald. Like, I'm telling you, that's the same. <laughs> Spot. Try to corporate wants you to find the difference between two pictures. You won't because it's the same. same person. He's trying to get all of them in one.
0: Oh my god, this movie is doing too much now.
1: Yeah. So he he alludes that a boy in Japan could help, but he's refusing that help because he wants to essentially restart the world with Amanda Waller. Luthor has a type, I guess, um, <laughs> and by that I mean crazy government official. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And Walla refuses these advances, and she's just thrown off. But before they can absorb Luthor's insane plan, Hawkman and and Hawkman and Captain Marvel walk in. And as soon as they walk into the light, it's revealed that Superman and Batman have borrowed the costumes. And here is where we get the most jacked because Batman, as Hawkman, <laughs> has the 16 pack required. <laughs> He's also throwing Lex Luthor, enhanced with Kryptonite, around the room with one hand. This is the most jacked character.
0: All right. You know what? You're right. You're right. I forgot that Batman basically was shirtless during this film and, and basically showed us that like he does put in the work. He does not only do like day apparently he does every day. Every, everything every
1: day. And I have to ask you a question. Cause this, mm-hmm. this did stick out to me when they were getting into costumes. Uh, how did, uh, how did Batman get those wings? <laughs> aren't they attached to hawkman yeah Brian. they yeah. should
0: be <laughs> um okay either we have a lot of questions for hawkman or very more questions for batman does he the best case scenario is he has
1: a spare set of wings just for this scenario
0: <laughs> he actually does um cosplay as every single justice league hero I, um, i'm
1: Let's make that canon. Batman cosplays as everybody, so he's always prepared to dress up as any other hero.
0: Oh, gosh. This now makes you think that he probably has a Power Girl outfit. He definitely does. Definitely does. Mm. Oob window. Mm. Yep, yep. It's there. (laughs) (laughs) So now that um, they've been throwing around Lex like a little rag doll, this is where batman as Hawkman is telling him that he needs to give them over all the secrets of the um the information that they required from the what they were trying to do to take down the missile so at that moment lex decides i'm just going to delete all the information as batman uses the mace to slam the computer to try to stop the deletion so i'm just like that would probably make it delete even more (laughs) yeah you just deleted the whole hard drive it doesn't really matter what happens
1: right.
0: on the software <laughs> but luckily for them amanda walder comes through with somebody and she presents a flash drive with all the information that they decide batman and superman to take over to tokyo to give all the details to their to the person that really truly can help um at the same time though um Lex runs on over to put himself in his Lex suit. And I do love this one moment here because even after Lex has proven to commit, has been proven that he's committed treason, crimes against humanity, blah, blah, blah. There's one general who knocks on the door very pleasantly to say, Mr. President, are you all right? No, sir. This is a moment of a no knock
1: warrant. (laughs) You need to get in there. I love, yeah, I love that little detail. The one guy's like, hey, you, you okay there, buddy? Did you <laughs> not hear his whole plan to kill the world? No. Get in there.
0: Damn it. Oh, gosh. I, I, I don't understand. Some of these side characters just have some great dialogue for no oh reason. My.
1: No, I, I absolutely love it. So, as the generals and remaining soldiers are getting destroyed by Lex in his suit, Batman and Superman travel to, um, Tokyo, and I do love immediately when they see this huge tower, Batman's like, I got the money to build that. Yeah, I could could do that (laughs) if I I wanted to. If I wanted to, if I felt like it.
0: But I I don't feel like it, so whatever. It's not a big deal. I'll make a big deal about it. You could come after anything in the world, but don't come after Batman's ego and money. (laughs) (laughs) So they arrive in Tokyo where they're greeted by Power Girl, who is working alongside, or at least of was talking with their person in um in Japan. And she says that she had to keep her distance. Um you know, she just did not like, in fact, she actually threw hands at their contact in Tokyo. Uh so this is when upon entering, we're greeted by Hiro, who is our new version of Toy Man. Um he's like this 13-year-old kid with an IQ of 210 Who says that he does want to apologize to Power Girl? I hope that she's—he's hoping that she's still there because unfortunately he did not know that the time she was walking in that um, he still had his X-ray goggles on.
1: (laughs) Sure, yeah, sure. So they know the time of is of the essence, so they're just going to let him get away with this one. And (laughs) uh, they—he reveals that he has a rocket. They brought him the coordinates and the information, the data he needs. And the rocket is half Batman, half Superman, because when he built it at age seven or nine, he was into hero worship. I I can't lie. This is insane. And I love it. It's (laughs) it makes no sense. But this is what I come here for sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a cool design, though. I will say that it had both sides. And I love the little um, the logo because it's pulled right from how they did it in the comic. As well. And so, as they are preparing themselves, this is when Power Girl hears something going on outside and she is immediately, unfortunately, attacked by Lex Luthor, who has arrived in his own power suit to try to once again take down the, the, um, the rocket and to stop Batman and Superman from intervening with his plans.
1: And he gives everybody the business. Like everybody gets these hands. They are free 99 today. And for a second, it really looks like he's got this. He destroys the autopilot for the rockets. Uh, He rocks Superman and Batman. But at the last minute, Batman repels up to get to the top of the ladder and climb into the cockpit. And just another small thing about this movie I love, because we get a lot of conflicts where it comes down to two big bad guys punching each other. And here it's they are. The heroes are just desperate to make sure Batman gets in that rocket. Mm -hmm. So as he's climbing up, Superman makes that one last desperate charge to make sure Luther doesn't knock Batman out. It is crazy. Like Batman gets there at the last moment and Superman has to give everything to keep Batman in play. And fortunately the rocket takes off and Superman is pissed
0: yeah and superman is rightfully pissed because um you know as he shares with lex that's his best friend like they were actually talking about it earlier superman realizes that this is a suicide mission that batman is about to be going on and they had a way to do this on autopilot but you know now that batman is up there that means that batman will die so superman is not holding back anything as he is finally ready to take down lex because you know and in the whooping that honestly has been waiting for this entire this is the climax of this film we've been waiting for this whooping this entire time as he is punched from tokyo to metropolis somehow like he sent him flying across country and state lines i loved it because the animation is great because little by little superman is just destroying every piece of tech that's connected to lex's power suit he's crushing his um the the metal around his feet, the the metal around his hands as they finally land in Metropolis for the final battle where at the same time, Batman is flying the rocket with the help of um, wormhole technology, which I have questions about because um, it was never really explained how he got that technology at all. Um, But yeah, he uses the technology to head up to 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 the meteor and as the final punches are being landed on lex's face this is when the final blow to the meteor happens ultimately destroying the meteor at the same time ending blue thor's presidency
1: yeah and i do love superman going i'm impeaching you you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) just (laughs) it's cheesy but it's so superman and fortunately although batman didn't build an Magical autopilot like Dark Knight Rises, um, he, Toyman Man informs there's still a chance to save him. So Superman flies up, finds Batman in the destruction and the, the rubble of the rocket. And although the radiation from the kryptonite 100% should kill him within a matter of minutes, Batman survives because he's Batman and makes it back to Earth to an adoring crowd.
0: Now the news is broken that of of what Lex has done. um, This is when Batman and Superman have their one last conversation of the film as they're just, you know, taking a break. You know, the two of them have been beat up very much like how they were at the beginning of the film. And Superman's like, you know, he's been cleared of the, the murder charge because the truth about Metallica stuff now becomes public knowledge. Um, and last but not least, um, there Superman's asking him, "Is like, Hey, do you want to hang out? going to meet up with Lois. You know, it's like at this point, it's like the morning, the sun is rising and Batman states that no, it's getting late and Superman states, well, no, it's still pretty early out, but before he can turn around fully, Batman has already disappeared. So Lois comes to greet our, um, Boy Scout here with an embrace um, confirming that I guess that she is. They are married, at least in this film. Yeah, I don't only, think ever,
1: you only hug when you're married. So yeah,
0: yeah, you only <laughs> you only hug when you're married. Yes. Um, But yeah, that is the end of our film. The credits are rolling on this Um, and I got to say that, you know, I will definitely have to give this a rating right after You hear this great show from our Forgotten Entertainment Family, a new podcast that you have probably haven't listened to yet, but you should definitely listen to. All right. So that was a show that you should be listening to next time. But now back to our movie. What is this movie from 2009? Is this is this movie still sweet or has it soured over time?
1: Look, this movie is insane. You got a Batman (laughs) Superman rocket. You got you got Batman putting on Hawkman's wings somehow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You got Metallo messing up a graveyard. And because this movie is so insane, it is sweet. This movie is bulletproof, in my opinion. You can't hurt it with any kryptonite meteors because (laughs) this movie is comic book lunacy to the max. I love what it's doing. I love how insane the story gets. And really, even though you can, there's definitely some things you could make fun of. Overall, this plot, is very unique. We have seen a lot of these. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have done a lot of these. And there's a lot of stories that are brought back and remixed and everything. But here having a uh, president Luthor try to destroy the earth with the meteor. So he can s- start over as this Supreme powerful God amongst men is insanity it's so fun it's so refreshing and it gets all these hero villain fights without a lot of explanation so there's a huge roster of characters that can just show up and and I think even though we make fun of her design Power Girl gets a lot of time to shine here as first of all just having a plot to begin with I can't mm-hmm. remember the last time I have seen that but I just love the fact that she has an arc She has a journey as this fresh faced hero that wants to do the right thing, but has to struggle with duty to her country or duty to her instincts and her friends. So overall, with its themes, it's just willingness to have fun um, and relationships between characters. This is just as sweet as the day it was released. How do you feel?
0: Man, I gotta just echo everything that you said, man. Cause this is certified sweet. Like, there ain't nothing sweeter than this. This is so sweet, you may want to slap me mama. Like, this is <laughs> this is wild. Like I was not expecting again. This is probably one of the shortest DC films I think we've ever watched. That's 67 yeah. minutes. I remember watching, looking at the timestamp, I was thinking, like, man, what can you actually do in an hour? Like, there's this most of the time, you gotta go the an hour and a half, maybe hour 15. But in an hour, they knocked it out the park. Like I, I think it's one thing that I love also was just like the rise and the fall of Lex Luthor. Like that to me was a great way to show that story of just like everything that was happening, what he did, why he won the presidency, why he won the hearts of others, and then how he, it was immediately taken away just within an hour of like of us watching, but like a span of time in their time. And, you know, I think the other reason why it's sweet, because somehow, even though it was made before, it's a pretty satirical look at the Trump era. Like it is wild.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Downed every bit of social commentary here about do you stay? Do you trust your own morals versus Mm -hmm. do you trust the morals of one person who has a past of not being great? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And where do you, where do you lie? What do you feel? What do you vote? What do you trust? They captured that perfectly.
0: They mm-hmm. captured it so, so well. So yeah. well. Yeah. I, Um, this is a movie that I forgot was this good and I'm so glad I got a chance to watch it again. This may be something that I do watch again. I may watch this on July 4th to be honest. (laughs) I, but yeah, I think that this is a great thing. They, they really adapted the story from the comics really well. Um, You know, there's nothing that I would even change about this because of the fact that it's a good relationship of Batman and Superman um, it pulls from so much great kind of storytelling, and everything flowed seamlessly. The fight scenes, a hundred percent, some of the best choreography that I have seen. Um, especially that little, just like it was very short, but that little hand to hand combat between Batman and Lady Shiva. Um, but also just like the fights that were happening in general, I think everything made sense. Like I was thinking, like, oh, how does Silver Banshee actually take down Superman? And it was like, oh, well, her powers are magic in origin a little bit. So it does make sense why Superman's a bit vulnerable to that. Everything made sense. Everything flowed. So that's why this movie is sweet.
1: Yeah. If, if I had one RTA alteration, it's this. More lines for LeVar Burton as Black Lightning. That's, it. <laughs>
0: that's all I want. I, 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 that's all I can request. We're uh, just going to make a spinoff <laughs> where it's just an animated adaptation of the entire Black Lightning T.W. series but LeVar Burton voice in Black Lightning. I'm gonna call him right now. <laughs> I think he'll say yes. I think he'll say yes. I don't yeah. see why he would refuse. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's I, I think he's doing trivial pursuit now, but you can do both. You can do yeah. both. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that was our movie. Now it's time for that comic book knowledge. Um, because again, this is a movie based off of a great series of comics of of actually, a very similar name is when Batman and Superman, they were teamed up a lot in their comics for starting some of the world's finest and then teaming into just calling it Batman Superman or Superman Batman. We, we're we still trying to figure out the title card. Um, so, yeah, this was actually a part of the introduction arc of the comic that was created by Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis. And it actually is adapting the first arc, which takes place over six issues of this Superman Batman comic that ran... That, um, that the first issue started, it was in August, 2003. And then um, the story took place until January, 2004. And I mentioned this before, it is very similar to our film. We got very similar characters, very similar plot transition. And unfortunately Lex does become president of the United States of America. Um, but as always, I need to share the what the fuck moments. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what happened in this comic or we'll call it simply for the kids because this is still pg uh wtf differences that this comic has um so first off we got corbin you know who we were introduced to in our film aka metallo um so in our film he is one of the people that lex hires who ultimately gets into a confrontation with superman and batman um and then he unfortunately gets killed Is. Put blame on he's explained, Superman's blame for the crime, and it is basically the reason why the bounty is on Superman and Batman's head. This differs in the comic because, in the comic, he just it actually starts with Batman and Superman fighting against Metallo, like it was on site. All right, all right, I don't mind. (laughs) And it's very similar the fight style, the locations, everything you know, um, what's the name, Metallo, even having. That that, um, that Blippy with the, the Kryptonite bullet and everything. Uh, but the main thing that does differ is what is the aftermath. So Metallo doesn't die in the comic. He isn't killed. He isn't. Um, it's not some kind of part of some grand scheme by Lex to frame Superman for murder. Um, he actually just like disappears eventually from oh. the comic. But he still has a major plot point because the real reason why Superman meets up with Batman is because Superman finds evidence from Star Labs that Corbin, during his previous life, before again turned into Metallo, was a petty criminal who owned a pistol. And that pistol was used during a murder in Gotham during a certain week of Bruce Wayne's young life. Oh his quintinera? <laughs> yes when Bruce Wayne became him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um yeah I guess a little bit of Batman's quint. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so it's heavily implied that Corbin is the one that kills Bruce's parents back in back in the day. Um it doesn't get addressed much except for one moment in which Batman expresses some anger to Superman for not telling him, even though Superman was like, I was just heading over to tell you when we both got smacked by Metallo. <laughs> Guess that's fair. Right. <laughs> the, um, and, you know, like Superman definitely got shot. So it's just like, I can't tell you a secret when I'm like bleeding on the operating table. Um, so this information though, eventually gets leaked as another plot point by Lex to draw out Batman to once again, um, take down the Batman Superman team up that they, that's been going against him. Um, it doesn't get addressed later on. It does probably get addressed later on in the series but in this particular arc, it doesn't because we have the bigger problem, which is the meteor which is another um, WTF difference that happens in the comic. So in the film, again, the giant meteor of Kryptonite is headed to Earth. It's, um, Lex pretends to, to try to take it out, even though he's trying to use it to actually um, like take over the world and whatnot to make the world his own image. And again, it does get destroyed by that like, super bat mech that was created by Toy Man. The comic pretty much had a pretty similar scenario. However, Lex decides to use a meteor in a different way. This is where he actually uses it to frame Superman for crimes against humanity. Hmm. He states that because Superman came to Earth, everything that he has done since then has brought competition and things like kryptonite to Earth. So therefore, we can imply that the reason why this kryptonite meteor is heading to destroy Earth is because it's attracted Superman Therefore, despite everything Superman has done, this is a crime against humanity. So we could put a $1 billion bounty on his head for the crimes against humanity in this case.
1: little elaborate, but
0: <laughs> all right. Yeah, I was so confused at this point because I was just like, I don't see how you can, can uh, blame a natural disaster against one man. But Lex did it. The people believed it. Um, you know, it's very synonymous to 2016 on a lot of things, but that's besides the point right now. Uh, the other difference that we saw was that Batman doesn't need to pilot the, the super bat mech because in this version of the comic, um, he actually disappears after the, um, after it gets launched because captain Adam is the one who pilots it and sacrifices himself as a way to make amends for joining luthor and his whole gang of heroes and there's this really great dialogue in which he's like talking about his own story and basically snitches on everything that luthor did um and this is because he was influenced by honestly what is what i'm ranking as the wtf moment of this comic the biggest one of this comic and that's the appearance of earth Two superman Okay, I didn't know this was a multiverse film. <laughs> uh, it's not a multiverse film, but somehow this is a time travel multiverse comic. <laughs> um, basically, it's still part of things I probably just have to read through for this series, but basically we have this older version of Superman who has the um, gray in his fade, his high top fade, and the um, the Superman logo with the, the black um, background with the red S symbol on it. He appears in the Batcave through the use of a boom tube because he's, and by saying boom tube, I'm clearly saying this, that like you have to make allies with some of your greatest enemies Um, because it's actually something that comes up for Lex Luthor because the wormholes that he uses in the film are actually boom tubes in the comic, and this is when it's implied that Lex Luthor made a deal with Darkseid.
1: Mm, okay, big Darkseid back door deal, all right. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And this Superman, this Earth 2 Superman, I'm just going to call him Earth 2 Superman because it's very synonymous to that style of the logo or early Superman, the kingdom comes Superman, for whichever you prefer. Uh, he's basically trying to stop Batman and Superman from moving forward with whatever planet they were trying to do with destroying the meteor because he comes from a reality where upon the um, upon that meteor hitting the Earth, it actually kills everybody except for superman even despite the plan that they had of what they thought at the time would have worked so he's here trying to kill superman and batman from stopping them from going on with their plan
1: just uh the life of a savage i guess
0: (laughs) yeah it's creating a little grandfather paradox here (laughs) so yeah this ends up leading to Superman, our younger version here, the, um, he takes the kryptonite shard that was in his chest because Alfred is able to take it out of him. He grabs Alfred's shotgun, puts the kryptonite shard in it, and blasts the Earth 2 Superman, this doppelganger of his, causing him to disappear from reality, um, seemingly dying, but it's proven that he's still alive when Captain Adam, who also at one point sacrificed himself, not just injuring himself to take down Major Force from earlier in the film and in our comic he um captain adam goes to this alternate reality future to meet this other superman that superman gives him all the details so he heads on back and pilots the super batman rocket himself and dies a hero um, because he outs president luther who instead of getting impeached actually disappears with the help of dark side or some other thing and that's destruction of the meteor leads to a continuation of the story that I can share but not today because it is a big plot point for something else coming up great because that is way too much for this story (laughs) just a simple
1: story about a couple plucky guys trying to take down the president with a meteor you know
0: (laughs) got real complicated there Yeah, I have no idea where they were going with this. I'm excited to read this now because it's like I read bits and pieces of this comic from when it first was coming out, but I didn't really finish the series, which ran from 2003 to 2011, I believe, right before Flashpoint Paradox. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see where the hell they decided to take the story of like, what happened to Metallo? What happened to Luthor after he disappeared? And why the hell we have an old Superman with a high top fade and graying hair?
1: The questions the people demand to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, that wraps up our episode for today. Um, you know, stay tuned for next time as we continue on our sweet and sour tour as we discuss the actually part two to this film, uh, Superman Batman Apocalypse, which I think was also the the name of like the twenty seventeen era of the Trump era. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oof. um but in the meantime take care of yourselves and remember to um i guess never make america boring again
1: yeah and if you are out trying to save the world please pack your imitation hawkman wings you (laughs) never know you never know